Hi, it's Mackenzie, and this is the Mill Spouse Brief. How are you guys doing? I hope you had a wonderful week. My week was pretty slow, but it was good. Monday, I had a workout with Katie in Holy U Fitness, which guys, if you are, whether you're local to Camp Pendleton or you're virtual, you have to check her out. She's literally amazing. If you are here local to Camp Pendleton, you need to come to one of her morning workouts. They are the best, you guys. When I say the best, they are the best. I don't think I've ever been this sore in my entire life for a very, very long time. Um, I got out of bed on Tuesday and I could barely walk. Sitting down to like use the bathroom, nearly impossible. But she is helping me reach my fitness goals and I am so excited and so blessed that I have her in my life. And she comes on the podcast in just a couple weeks, so it's going to be awesome. Today we have a really awesome, exciting episode. It's with Bianca, and she's a military spouse right now, and they live in Hawaii, so we get to learn all about Hawaii. And it's my first virtual one, you guys. So we were not in person when we recorded this. So there is a bit a little bit different of like a sound, kind of with our voices and everything, but you can hear Bianca really well and clear. And I'm just so excited because this opens so many more doors and opportunities for the podcast, which I'm just I'm blessed and I'm happy about so take a listen let me know what you guys think and without further ado here is Bianca okay so I'm here with Bianca and Bianca do you just want to introduce yourself hey I'm Bianca Marie um I'm a military spouse and I have been for about nine years now (laughs) Oh my um, I'm originally from, well, my husband and I were both originally from Northern Illinois, um, but we have been stationed at, oh gosh, California twice, Virginia, and now we're currently in Hawaii. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. So did you guys meet when you guys were back in your hometown? Yes, my husband and I actually met in middle school. I moved to his town in eighth grade. And we were friends um, from then through high school. We never dated until senior prom. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I mean, we've been married for nine years. He's been in for 10. Um, Let's see, we've gone through like five deployments. So yeah, it's it's been interesting nonstop. Oh, so you have been through everything. So like you were there when you went through boot camp and MCT and like all that kind of stuff. What's his MOS? Yes, um, he is a machine gunner. So he's in the infantry. Okay. Um, right now he is doing um, an SDA, so a special duty assignment. Okay. And he's currently an instructor for the advanced school through SOI. Okay, so he's a combat instructor right now. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. How are you liking that? You know, it's been different. Ah. (laughs) It's been very different. It's nice that he's not deploying. However, the tempo is pretty crazy at the moment and they're implementing a new course and everything. So we're hoping that it kind of dies down here soon, but I almost would rather him just be in the fleet and deploy. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of being gone. With being a combat instructor, so because my husband's looking to do that MOS, like do that B-billet. So with it being for the SOI, and is it like you said, it's a special one, what are the kind of parameters and how does that work? Um, so he's actually already done an SDA before. Okay. He was with 
fast company in Virginia. And whenever he went to re-enlist, um, his monitor just kind of was like, well, the needs of the Marine Corps, here you go. If you want to re-enlist, you're going to be an instructor at SOI. So that's how we ended up in the spot. Um, okay. Yeah. So we kind of did for it. He wasn't even histed. It's a very strange, very, very strange circumstance that happened. Um, we, everyone tried to keep him um, in the fleet in California. Mm -hmm. Granted, we are very, very um, fortunate to have this experience in Hawaii. Yeah. However, if things could have been a little different, we definitely would have had our way and stay in California. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about Hawaii. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Um, so for me personally, I'm really close with my family and yeah. California kind of ended up being like a second home since we were stationed there two different times. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had so many friends. I have family in Arizona, so it's just very beneficial to be yeah. there coming to Hawaii. Um, it's just so far and yeah. That flight to Illinois is crazy. Not to, and like COVID aside, it is just such a trip to make. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been the downside. And like I said, with his work tempo, he it's not always this crazy. But for example, they go to the field like maybe two to three weeks out of the month right now. Yeah. And then they're home on the weekends. And then the time that they are home, they're just I mean, they're busy. It's not like a nine to five kind of thing. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm up at four today and coming home at like six, see you for a few hours and then go to bed, to bed yeah. and do the whole thing on repeat. Um, that's been a downside. And coming here has just been, he's been working a lot, which yeah. isn't totally out of left field, but we were expecting something a little different, maybe like a little slower tempo. Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's what we were told. So if yeah. anyone tells you that SOI is a slower tempo, they are lying. <laughs> it's that's not so crazy. Okay, Don't. and so you said he's been on five deployments. Yes. So were those like UDPs? Were those like to the Middle East? Were those on like special assignment? So um, his first one was a new through okay. the Middle East. And then um, two of them, the second one he deployed a few hours after our son was born, actually. Oh my um, gosh. That was to Japan. So they started in Japan and then they went elsewhere. So, okay. but Japan was like their main hub. And then the third and fourth one was in Virginia with Fast Company. And that was to, um, they, they were prote protecting like the embassies. Okay. So he did that. Um, and that was pretty much a back to back deployment. He had a three week break in between. So he was kind of like gone for a year. Oh um, and then the most recent one was whenever we were back in California. And that was also to with their main hub in Japan and then going elsewhere. Okay. So tell me like how, see, cause you said earlier that you were like, sometimes I just wish he was deployed. So like, how did you adjust to deployments? How did you cope with deployments? How did you deal? Like, tell us all your, your tips and tricks. <laughs> Um, so each one has been very different. The yeah. first one, uh, we didn't have our son. So I actually went home. I took advantage and I feel like so many spouses that don't have kids don't take advantage of it. Like if you mm -hmm. need to go home, girl, go home, save that money, 
be with friends and family, take trips, like do something like sign up yeah. for college. I don't know, whatever, keep yourself busy. Um, that's what I did. And it helped tremendously. And that was a nine month deployment. So it made wow. it so fast doing that. But then the second one, we had our son, I stayed in California. Um, but I just surrounded myself with friends. And How did that work? So he was home for the birth and then you said he left a couple hours later. Yeah. Yeah. So was that time, like, did they let him stay until the birth or? No. So they left that very day and it just so happened. I had to have a C-section. So we were in there very early in the morning and he left a few hours after our son came into the world and then he deployed. Oh my goodness. How was that for you? Um, honestly, it was like an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, it, and it's like, you're a new mom, like you don't know what you're doing and we're far from family, but got through it. I, I actually did take trips to go see family to help the time pass. So that was great. The third and fourth one, same thing. I would drive home because we're in Virginia. I wasn't that far. far, Yeah. And I, um, went ahead into college classes. I got my degree while my husband was gone. And the last one, same thing, visited family, stayed with family, and then went back to California. But yeah. I think just having like that community and family around you just helps so much. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think it's, we've only been through one deployment and we were already so used to not being together. So when we got married and then seven days later, he deployed. And so I was still back at home traveling and working. And then I moved out to California right before he came home. And it honestly did. It went by so quickly. I was like, I, I, Oh, you're like already home, you know, (laughs) but now I realize I can. So when we weren't together, like living together before he deployed, so I was really used to not seeing him, but now I can only imagine if he had to go into deployment, like, in the end of the year after seeing him every day and like setting those routines I'd be like that would probably be like a harder wake-up call and I think it's just hard if you don't keep yourself busy and you get used to those things the adjustment period's hard yeah and it gets easier over time too I will say as crazy as that sounds like whenever he leaves I just get back into my own routine Routine. and whenever he gets back it's almost like whoa like now (laughs) I need to adjust that you're here yeah (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. So he's been in for 10 years. Do you feel like he'll do another 10? Um, yeah, most likely. At mm-hmm. this point, he would like to make it a career. Yeah. And of course he has his days when he comes home. He's like, <laughs> I'm getting out. <laughs> but honestly, he, he does enjoy being in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. He enjoys what it stands for and everything. Um, just there's always change there's change with everything that they do and it's just him kind of getting used to those changes especially as you bring up that it just it's different responsibilities that you weren't used to before different jobs that you know you're always transitioning through but I definitely think he'll make it a career what are your thoughts about that do you want it to be a career do you want to get out and go back to Illinois like um I actually don't mind the lifestyle. I yeah. really don't. I, I mean, so it's not for everyone either, but I actually don't mind it. I enjoy traveling. Granted, Hawaii has been a little crazy, yeah. <laughs> but I actually really enjoy traveling and I like getting to meet new people all the time and seeing everyone else's adventures through this lifestyle. Um, 
we, we've met people that are like pretty much at retirement and they're still going. So it's kind of inspirational. It's like, how how did you do this? (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I, I don't mind it at all. That's so exciting. So what would you say? So you said that you really liked California because it was close by family and so was Virginia. What would you say has been your favorite duty station overall? I don't, I, I would say California because there's more, Camp Pendleton, right? yeah, Camp Pendleton. Uh, there's just more of like a community feel mm-hmm. and everyone kind of gets to know each other. Yeah. Um, in Virginia, it was very different because it was such a small Marine Corps base. We were mainly surrounded by Navy and Army. Which one were you guys at? Um, so we started, um, he started at like Norfolk, mm-hmm. um, started over there and then they transferred to over the bridge in Yorktown. Okay. So then we went up there and stayed at the Army base, which was Fort Eustis. Okay. And it was just a completely different dynamic. There was no sense of community. People didn't try to get to know each other. Um, and I think that's a special thing with Marine Corps communities. Yeah. Yeah, everyone tries to get to know each other. Everyone's trying to be there for their, like their community because, you know, the spouses are gone so frequently yeah. and you need friends and you need that sense of community. But, um, I would say California by far has been my personal favorite yeah. aside from being close to family just because of that mm-hmm. what are you liking about Hawaii if there is anything <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful I don't get me wrong it is beautiful um like I said I like the experience I like seeing the culture and everything that's out yeah. here we, what's I, the base like um it's small it okay. is are you you're at Camp Pendleton right yeah okay it is not even half the size of that. <laughs> wow. Okay, so it is small. It is very small. Um, it there's a community vibe, but it mm-hmm. is a little different out here. Um, not everyone is very social. I guess mm-hmm. you could say everyone's kind of in their own little world, and which is really fine. I just need a handful of friends to get me through. <laughs> that is fine. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you have the most beautiful beaches on the. Are state. you really close to one? We are not even a half mile away from the beach. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And the water is always super warm. Yeah. Clear. It's just, it's amazing. Um, but I will say it's a little more city-like out here in Hawaii. Okay. So if you're not used to that, it's kind of a culture shock, which it was for us. Um, it's kind of like being in downtown San Diego all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, there's beauty everywhere. But a lot of people don't realize how city like Hawaii actually is here, at least on the island of Oahu. So there's that. But that surprises me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. No, it is it is nice out here. There's not as much to do for like our family because we are into like my son's into dirt biking and things like that. And we're of course still waiting on things to reopen and whatnot. So I think once things fully reopen, we can experience more of Hawaii because we just haven't gotten that full on experience. No, definitely. So you guys have done a lot of moves. What would you feel like is your, did you do ditty moves? Did you do just strictly DMO? Like how did like the moves work? So we did, um, we did a self move from California to Virginia the first time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that, we got like rid of all of our stuff. We didn't yeah. take anything with us, we restarted. I do not recommend okay. <laughs> not do it. Um, you will pay so much more out of pocket to get all of that new stuff mm-hmm. than what you get in. Um, but then we did use DML from Virginia to California and it, we heard all the horror stories and yes, we had things broken, but it wasn't like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, then whenever we came from California to here, we used DML again, kind of have no choice with that one. Yeah. Um, we did not ship vehicles. Okay. We, we went ahead and just leased a vehicle out here because we have heard, if no one has heard, <laughs> here, here you go. Um, either get an island beater or lease because those vehicles that come from this island back to mainland will never be the same. What do you mean by that? So just because of all the salt in the air, it will rust your vehicle so terribly without you even knowing it, it won't run the same ever once it comes from here to the mainland. So if you don't know that, it's a little tip. <laughs> yeah, so you're just storage it, lease it, ride a bike. <laughs> Something, yeah. And the island, like, well, the base here is so small. You could honestly get away with just having one vehicle or like having a bike or, you know, yeah. moped, I don't know, whatever. So many, I see so many spouses biking, running, using mopeds just to get to work or like little dirt bike things. It's yeah. awesome. But oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. But um, our DMO experience out here wasn't terrible. I will say the pack up from California to here was a little stressful um, just because they weren't organized and they had too small of a truck and not enough crates for all of our stuff. So it was, it was a little bit of a headache, but we didn't have to go through nearly like a horror story. Like I have heard of, we didn't have things missing, we didn't have much stuff broken or like valuables taken or anything like that. That's good. No, I feel like that's the hardest thing is you do hear like, and I, I feel the same way with like a lot of things in the military is you hear a lot of horror stories, you feel this, this thing, and then you're like, okay, so for example, like Lincoln, all I've heard is like how terrible Lincoln is and they never do maintenance and things like that. And like anything I've ever need done, they come literally within 45 minutes, you know, and I get that that's not the case for everybody, but I think it's like hard because you're like, do you do DMO? Do you not? And with some places you don't have the opportunity or the to chance to even like choose, you have to. But it's like hard to know what, like what's your experience actually going to be like because it's so like up in the air with what it can be. Yeah, it's honestly just the look of the draw with housing and DML. You just, you never know what you're going to get. Um, But I think if you know the system and you know what to look for, you know what to document, then it'll make life so much easier. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like the base housing versus like getting a house off base is like for Hawaii? Um, honestly, trying to get a house out in town in Hawaii, um, unless you're going to buy something, which mm-hmm. is in the media area, unless you're making buco bucks in the military. Yeah. <laughs> you are not going to find it right outside of the base. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything is so pricey out here. If you don't mind like the apartment lifestyle or not having air conditioning, you can definitely find rentals, mm-hmm. but you're going to get a better 
bigger house on bays mm -hmm. per se you get the air conditioning the yards are small I mean it's kind of hit or miss everywhere you go with bases yeah. in that regards um as far as issues within the homes on base again luck of the draw we've had our fair share of issues with military base housing everywhere we go but I guess it just honestly depends on what you want whenever you come to Hawaii if you don't have kids, I would say it's more beneficial to, yeah, probably get like an apartment out in town. Are you going to save much? Mm, I don't know. It just depends on how bougie you want your place to be, you know, yeah. and if you want that air conditioning. But um, this housing compared to like Pendleton and everywhere else we've been to, it, they are different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's so cool. So what do you do? Obviously, your mom, how many kids do you have? Um, I have one son. He is seven years old. And then I have one on the way, which I go in on this coming Friday. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we lost our daughter last year, so. And that's another thing that you do kind of with other moms. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I just... And kind of like a support system for other rainbow moms. So I started talking about what I went through after I lost our daughter um, last year, just to, it wasn't just to help myself like heal by talking about it, but I was like, there has to be other women out there going through this that don't know how to talk about it or feel so alone and just need someone to talk to or just know they're simply not alone. So yeah. I just went ahead and like started an Instagram blogging uh, thing and it kind of just went from there. And it was like, well, even if I just help one person, yeah, that's, that's great for me. But I have gotten multiple messages thanking myself just to share by sharing my story, which I, I didn't foresee happening. I mean, like I said, I wanted to help people that were going through something similar, but I just didn't think that people would sit there and message me and say, thank you for sharing my story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so wonderful. So what would you say that you like, what do you tell other moms that have gone through these things? Like what would be your biggest advice if you are struggling or you're experiencing these types of things? Um, my biggest advice is always to not blame yourself because I think we are so quick to blame ourselves for doing this or not doing that or, you know, something it's like, well, you, you don't have full control of what your body does and mm -hmm. it happens. Unfortunately, it happens and there's nothing that you could have done differently to change that. Um, sometimes women just don't know about all the testing that is out there. And so I'll kind of give that tidbit of information, like, Hey, maybe ask your provider about this. This is what I did. This is what I asked questions about because it's such a great area that people don't talk about. And you don't know until you ask those questions or start doing your research or like you're going through it yourself. Um, there was so much I didn't know. <laughs> I had two miscarriages before my son was born and there was a lot. I I didn't know. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, I wish I would have known this, this, and this. Yeah. And I wish I could have talked about it more, but it, it, all, it was like taboo. Yeah. And now it's like 
so many more people are talking about it. And as unfortunate as it is, I'm glad people are talking about it because it's definitely a topic that needs to be brought up. No, I love that. And I think that's kind of my big thing right now, kind of in society. I feel like we talk about things that our parents or our grandparents are like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you were discussing this. But we all are struggling with it. Like we all will go through these things. Not maybe everybody will go through the same thing, but there's like even like mental health. Like that was never talked about 20 years ago. Or yeah, I go to therapy or I go to counseling or I'm in marriage counseling or, you know, things like that. Nothing's ever talked about. And it was kind of like, you just had to like suffer in silence. And it's like, why should we have to do that anymore when we all are going through these things and we can all lean on each other and yeah, learn there's, I mean, I've never had a kid yet, but like, there's probably so many things that I don't know that if I were to experience that some basic conversations with people would be like, Hey, I experienced that same thing. And this is what I was able to do with my doctor. And it helped. Yes. And that's been like my biggest thing going into it is I want people to know the information that I have learned and kind of learn from my experiences so that they don't have to go through having a miscarriage and not knowing what to ask, what's going to happen, you know, everything, because not every provider is going to be as, as great. And that's the sad truth. But if you, I mean, hop on social media and you're trying to look for, you know, someone going through something similar, it, that's kind of like a blessing with social media is that you can find people that you yeah. don't know that are going through something that you are, because I personally have never met anyone that was going through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, I have a friend that unfortunately had a stillbirth, but aside from that, I didn't know anyone that had a miscarriage. And so I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to bring it up to family or friends. And so, like I said, that's why I kind of started it because I want other people to be able to find, you know, myself and other women that have gone through this, so they're not alone. Oh my gosh. I just love that. And I know that people listening will really appreciate that because I know that there are some listeners that have had to go through those things. And I realized that being able to have those resources and find those people and sometimes almost talking to a stranger helps because it's not, there's kind of like that non-bias there's what's I'm trying to think of the word, but just like, they don't know you super well. So there's, there's no like tie to it. You're just talking about what you both have gone through. And that's kind of the end of it. You know, like your mother's mother's friend, grandma, isn't going to have to find out if you don't want that yet. It's just a stranger you're able to like relate with. Yes. And I, you know, I'm on like the Facebook pages, um, for like Pendleton still and whatnot. And I'll see like random posts up there, like, Hey, I'm going through a miscarriage, yada, yada, yada. And I'll hop on there. I will comment and I will happily share my story as unfortunate as it is like, no, I want you to know that you are not alone. You, this is, this is what's going to happen. This is what you should be asking. Um, and just my heart goes out to them because it's like, Oh, I wish that there was more resources. And right now, the only thing that I know most providers will offer are, you know, is maybe therapy or um, if you're really depressed, they'll try and, you know, maybe do medication, but it's mm-hmm. like, no, we, we're here for you. Like there yeah. are groups of women that are there for you, you know, start with us. Like we're here. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. So anybody listening, if you need to hit up Bianca, all of her information will be um, put on our Instagram. And I just think that that's, oh, it's just so wonderful that you're willing to be vulnerable. And I feel like that's kind of the cool thing now, like not that it's a trend, but that people are like willing to be vulnerable and talk about those hard things. And I think it honestly, like, like you said, if it just helps one person, like that's just amazing. Yeah. As long as it just helps one person, that's, that's my goal. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about your kids. So you have a son and then another one on the way this week, right? Yes. <laughs> How are you feeling about that? Um, honestly, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> it's been my son, like I said, my son is seven. So it's been seven years since we've had a baby in the house. Um, but I mean, better late than ever, right? <laughs> yeah. Me and my sister are seven and a half years apart. That's awesome. See, and you know, I was a little like, you know, we're already like done with the whole baby phase, like mm-hmm. everything. It's smooth sailing from here on out. Like he's so independent. But I was like, oh, my heart isn't full. Like yeah. I want more kids. So, um, but no, we have heard that having a bigger age gap is actually as crazy as it is. Like so, so fun and so beneficial. And you have like a little helper and then, um, he like, he understands the military life now. So yeah. it'll be nice for him to kind of be able to help his sibling out and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, sorry. No, you're good. That's exactly how I felt. Like, I think there are some pro like some cons too, you know, like, I feel like this last year and a half has been like hard. Cause like I got married and I moved away. And so it's like, my sister sometimes I think realizes like, Oh, I'm like a lot younger than my sister, you know, like, cause you just, you're going through different things, but she was just out here um, last week. And it was just so fun to like hang out and like go to the beach and do stuff. And I definitely think when I was younger, like even in high school, my sister would be younger. My mom like would be home and my mom would have to go. And like the fact that I could just be there and like watch when, instead of when I was little, like my mom had to get a babysitter, like no one could watch yeah. me, cause, you know? So it is definitely that. And I think with my parents, Sometimes I feel like if one sibling is more involved in a lot, it's like me and my brother were really involved in a lot. And my little sister was just dragged to a basketball gym for like the first 10 years of her life. And so I think now with us gone, they're able to kind of give her that attention that when her siblings were so involved in things that they couldn't, and then you're able to be like, okay, now let's say that's on you. And what do you want to do? And what do you prefer? You know, and things like that. Right. No, I'm super, super excited. And I'm glad that, you know, there is such an age gap because like you said, you can still like be so involved with, you know, the first one. And then here comes the second, you still have that time to be so involved. And like, I see some have like two under two and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you are surviving right now. Like kudos to you. I could, oh man, no. (laughs) And I enjoy like the baby phase. I like being able to have that time and just enjoy it and with our son being older that's still a possibility and like right now he's on summer vacation but come like August he'll go back to school so I'll still have like that one-on-one time with our baby yeah and I bet you he'll love it too because he'll be like okay mom will let me go do what I want to do in my room you know like he'll have that time to be like mom's busy so I get to watch tv or you know things like that yeah, no, he is so excited and he is so excited to be a big brother and 
he's like our gentle little giant is what we call him because he's like this stocky kid and he's all boy but he is like the gentlest kindest old soul you will ever meet (laughs) oh that's so cute oh my gosh I love that that is so sweet and do you know the gender of the baby yes we're having a boy Okay, so that would be nice because you can just, I mean, I don't know if you kept stuff for seven years, but you have at least some stuff that's like boy. Yeah, we've made sure to like keep toys recently (laughs) that our son has grown out of, but no, we didn't keep anything. We kind of like just started brand new because uh, we were like a one and done kind of Mm -hmm. couple for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, my husband actually initiated it. He was like, I want another. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I can do it. Like, yeah (laughs) and he had been gone for so long of our son's life um he was gone for well for the deployments our son was here so I think he was like I missed out on so much I want to like have another to like gain more of like you know that love and that baby love and everything and I don't blame him but it took me a hot minute to like get on board if I'm being honest just because like well you're gone all the time like where's the fun in that? Um, but I'm so glad, so glad I did because my heart is full and I'm like, you know, maybe we'll try for another. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do? What monster did I create? (laughs) Yeah. So how do you feel like, cause I feel like that's, I don't know how much you like watch the wise pages, but I feel like that's a constant thing I see on the wise page. Like one wants another one or one doesn't want another one. And like, how do you feel like you guys were, cause you obviously are able to decide and both of you are respectable. So like, what would you say your advice was when, cause at the time you didn't want another one and he did, like, how do you feel like you navigated that conversation in the best way possible? Um, honestly, it just, I think it just takes time. Like, I think if one is on board to have another and the other isn't, it's not going to work if both parties like aren't for it, obviously. But I also don't think that there needs to be any kind of pressure. And my husband, he never pressured, obviously. He was just kind of like, it would be nice to have another. And I thought about it and it took some time. And I was like, you know what? There's never going to be a right time. And I think that's what it was for me mentally was like, but he's gone all the time. Well, there's never going to be the right time in this lifestyle. It's either you go for it or you don't. And I was like, we'll just, we'll just go for it. I mean, you left a few hours after your first one, (laughs) you know, like there's never the right timing. And so I just had to get through that. And then I was scared to have another alone, but then Mm -hmm. I looked back on how much I have accomplished being, Uh you know, like a single mom, if you were sort of say most of the time. And I was like, I did just fine. I nipped that in the butt. I did great. I'm an awesome mom. My son is great. Like not to toot my own horn or anything. No, but like, you can do it. Really, I was like, we did it. And you know what? I can go ahead and do it again. Um, but I just don't think that there's any kind of, there's no right topic on how to address like if one is on board and if one isn't. Like I think it just takes time to like, mentally be like okay am I ready for another yeah I'm going to be okay mentally and I think it's like a mental game like you have to make sure that you are mentally 
ready to have another. That would be like my biggest advice. Like just, just because your spouse wants another, don't be like, oh, okay. Like I have to do it. No, make yeah. sure you're just mentally okay and ready to do it. No, I think that's some really good advice. And I think that's because Kate and I, that's my husband. It's been like a topic because for a while, like we were so far, like no, no, no kids. And then for like, I would say like a month, I was like, well, maybe if we had him in like three years, that would be like a good thing, you know? And then one day Kate came home and he was like, I don't think even in three years, I'll be ready. And I was kind of like, honestly, like, and I realized that if he wasn't ready and he like, wasn't prepared even if I would be and I don't know how I'm gonna feel in three years you know I was just kind of basing off his military career Uh, I was like I would be really upset if he didn't feel the way I did you know and of course he'd love his kid but he like he said to me he's like I am not at a point in my life where I am able to just give up everything like he's like I am not ready to stop being selfish and I almost thought that that was so much more mature of him to say like I'm not ready than just be like okay well maybe it's what I'm supposed to do so I'm gonna have to like do it and be miserable because I'm not ready for that you know yeah and I really appreciate it because it was one of those conversations where, and like, I got married young, so I'm like, wow, we're having like adult conversations. <laughs> but like, wow, this is like, this is really good to like have it and know where we're at. And obviously like it can change. And then like our, a lot of our friends have kids right now. And so we'll like go to their houses and we'll come home and we'll be like, yeah, we're not ready for kids. <laughs> but Trust me, you are not alone. <laughs> but so I think it's like really good. And I think that's kind of what it's all about. And it's what I've learned in my being married for one year. It's just that the more you talk about it. And like, I remember certain conversations that me and Kate had back in December that we can now have because we've had kind of six months. Like, like just like you said, time really does help because so much changes. And when he said like, when you said my husband will come on one day and be like, I'm not joining. That's like my life. Kate will be like, I'm joining. I'm not joining. Or re-enlisting, sorry. Really, you know, like it jumps back and forth. But like time really does help you because if they're having a really bad day, that day is probably not the best to talk about. Her. Right. <laughs> but the days that they get home at 1 p.m., I'm like, just so you know, you got home at a good time today. Right. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And yeah, time will always be the factor. Like, just give yourself time, give yourself grace. Like, and it, like you said, it's such a mature topic. And like, it is so mature to say that you're not ready yeah. instead of lying and like just telling your spouse like what they want to hear. It's so much mature and so it takes so much courage too to yeah. be like, no, I know, not ready. Like, love that your husband's like I, I'm not done being selfish that's okay like yeah. Yeah, you go and take those trips you go and like go out and do your thing like no we you wait you wait <laughs> yeah no I love it and that's like what I said I was like I would much rather us be on board and even if like and trust me I'm not ready for kids by any means but in my mind if he did the combat instructor it would be a three-year non-deployable so I was like oh like this would work and part of me is like I would rather have to do some type of deployment issue with the baby, you know, whether it's me being pregnant or giving birth, then like me have a kid just because the timing's quote unquote right. But like my husband's not ready to be a dad. Cause then I yeah. feel like it would cause even more issues because I'd be like, you're not to be a dad. Why don't you want to hold your kid? Like you know like those kinds of things. Okay, so what is your other business that you run? 
Um, so I am an independent consultant with Arbon. It's a health and wellness company that was started over 40 years ago out of Switzerland. And now it's actually based out of Orange County, California. Um, oh, cool. Very still new to it. Um, but I joined because I, I'm very into health and wellness and fitness and everything. Um, I always have been. And after I lost my daughter, I became more aware in like, what's our, what's in our everyday products and like, what's in our food. And, um, I, my upline had actually contacted me years, like a few years ago, actually about Arbonne. And I just, I completely ignored it because I was ignorant and, you know, you always see the stigma about people like doing this kind of business. Um, and I just, I wasn't for it then. And like I said, after I lost my daughter, I was looking into different companies that had good, clean products. And I went back into my messages and I still had the message from three years ago from her. So I went ahead and messaged her and I was like, Hey, tell me more, like, tell me more about the business and the products. And I looked it up myself and um, I kind of went like all in, (laughs) I was like, let's just do this. And I was still doing, um, medical school because I'm still trying to, I, I can never stop. (laughs) I I like challenges, but I was like, I'm just going to go all in and we'll do this. And I tried the products with them and I love them. Um, which is why I stuck with it. And that's why I talk about it so much on my Instagram also, because I'm a firm believer in what you put into your body is what you're going to get. And if you're not aware, then sad to say, but like, you're putting so much into your body that you don't know about. What would you say are some of your favorite products with the company that if anybody's listening, it's like, Oh, I've always like been interested or like, what would you say? Or like, Hey, start with this. Cause this is what got me hooked. Or like, this is one of my favorites, or this is like an easy swap that you won't realize. Like it's super beneficial for you, but it's not like giving up or taking away too much. Right. So our most popular would probably be the energy fizz and that's also what I started with was the fizz. It's, um, it's cap for 55 milligrams of caffeine. It's yeah. naturally derived caffeine, but it's a good swap for your everyday morning coffee or like your soda, um, mm-hmm. or energy drinks. I don't drink soda and I don't drink energy drinks. However, I loved my coffee, but I would honestly get such bad anxiety from coffee that I didn't even realize until I started slowly not drinking it. And I just switched to the fizz. Do I still have like an iced coffee every now and then? Absolutely. But (laughs) the healthy alternative is the fizz. And even my husband, he is a caffeine addict. I, I almost think every Marine is. Yeah. I was about to say, I feel like every Marine is. Like in the morning, you just all see them walking with their monster, their Red Bull or whatever. And it's so bad, so bad for you. But I got my husband to switch and now he only drinks like his cups of coffee on the weekends because he Mm -hmm. likes to just sit there on the couch and drink a warm cup of coffee. I can't blame him. (laughs) And, um, but now he'll like take fizz to work and just pop two because you can, you can do two at a time. It's totally fine. Um, he'll pop two of those and he feels the energy that he would get from like, let's say a cup of coffee, if not more. Mm-hmm. but he doesn't get like the jitters. He doesn't crash yeah. and everything like that. So that was, if I had to recommend anything for anyone to start with, it would definitely be that. Um, 
I would say the protein, but everyone is so particular about how their protein tastes. Yeah. I make mine into like a smoothie. So it's a meal replacement. I love that. I would also recommend the greens, but again, everyone's different. Everyone's taste palette is so different. Yeah. I take the greens because it's like, it's your daily serving of fruits and vegetables in a scoop. And okay. I just chug it down and then I'm good for the day. I'm like, all right, I don't need to eat that salad now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good for kids too. I put it in my son's smoothies. I put it in like pasta sauce because yeah. he's a healthy eater. Um, so it's great. It gives me like that peace of mind. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, anybody listening that has wanted to take the jump, you better contact Bianca and she'll get you all hooked up. And then I guess just to close, what would you say your biggest advice being a military wife for the listeners, whether it's with children, deployments, your spouse, if you want one for each little topic, you give it all to us. Um, I'll just kind of do like a whole broad thing. Um, I see so many people asking about like counseling and communication and I will not be afraid. And my husband's not afraid to say, go to counseling. If you need counseling, if you're having a hard time communicating, it is so, so beneficial. Whenever my husband left for that year long deployment, we did not know how to communicate and I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, we were at each other's throats. I was working we had our son and it was just so much new going on. Mm-hmm. And with him being gone, you kind of lose that sense of communication because it's different to actually be with each other and communicate versus texting or like over the phone communicating. Yeah. And so many things are misconstrued that way also. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we did counseling and it was so beneficial. I'm so glad we did it because I think if we didn't do it, honestly, don't know if I can say we would still be together because our communication was that far off. Mm -hmm. Uh, So communication is key in this lifestyle. And there are so many resources through military one source that you can get free counseling. I think it's maybe 10 free sessions a year or something. Really? I I didn't know that. That's awesome. So many people don't know that. Like there are so many resources for military families. So if you need that resource, check out militaryonesource.com because they Mm -hmm. have it all. And they'll get you a referral to talk to someone and everything. Um, and then just having that sense of community, like you need, you need friends. You, yeah. you can't just like sit in your house all day um, and put your health and your mental health first too. Like if your mental health isn't there, you can't help yourself. You can't help anyone else. Like you are going to drown. And that's one of the things I've also learned being a military spouse is that you need to make sure that your mental health is good or else this lifestyle will eat you alive. Yeah. Especially the, the deployments and the field ops and moving and everything. You just need to make sure that your mental health is good. And having those friendships, even if it's just a couple girlfriends, find someone that you click with that you can go to Target with and just like walk around, yeah. have you like coffee or, you know, whatever, go out to lunch, go to the beach, something. But yeah, that would be my biggest advice. Oh my gosh. This is so wonderful. Thank you so much. I feel like that's all really like sound advice. And I think sometimes it doesn't even have to be like super specific, but it's just like that good reminder. Like I'm sure somebody listening will go like, yeah, me and my husband haven't been doing the best at communication. And like, free 10 sessions like 
I pay hundred dollars a month for my therapy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that's, I mean, that's genuinely like awesome. And I think that's kind of what we talked about the talking about like, yeah, miscarriage and things like that. Mental health is so important and you don't really realize. And I, I forget where I saw it, but it was kind of like a, a picture where it was like, you don't ever question if someone has the flu and they go to the doctor. So like, why, what if your brain or your body, you're like mentally, you have the flu, you need to go see somebody, you know? And I think that's kind of really cool that we've been able as a society to really like talk about it and not be afraid to get help. You know, like I've been going to therapy since I was, I mean, like 17 because I have eating disorder. And like, I still talk to my therapist to this day. Um, and now I don't feel like I'm like struggling as much, like, you know, I'm like recovered or whatever you want to call it. But to still talk to her like every month and just like, hey, this is what's going on. And just to work through it and to just have that non-biased person that you can talk to is so beneficial. Like I have a, I have therapy this Thursday. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I have it. And like, I remember even just like after having therapy, I'm like, oh. I feel so much better, you know, just because having someone to help you, like it really does help. And I think that some people are nervous or afraid. And I think it does take some time to be like, is this the right person? You kind of have to like shop for a therapist (laughs) and make sure that they're a good fit. But once you do, like it is so beneficial. And I hope that that somebody listening can realize that like having someone to talk to that helps you. And it's even just having someone that is trained to know like, hey, that's not normal. Or like what you're doing is not beneficial for you. Or to give that perspective, like plenty of times my therapist will be like, well, do you really think they meant to do that? Or do you really think that they meant to like hurt your feelings? And I'm like, probably not. And she's like, yeah. You know, like you you guys, like she's able to like bring in those other perspectives and, and then especially like my dad went to school for marriage and family therapy, you know, to like know how, or like sometimes you'll not realize your behavior is like a certain way. And for them to like call you out on it in a very like kind and respectful way, but with your spouse sitting there as well, you know, for them like Mackenzie and I I haven't actually been a couple therapy before, but I would totally do it. But for them to be like, Hey, this is what's going on. And you're like, ah, I, I shouldn't be doing, you know, like, or not to know, like, and I just think it's like eye-opening. And so I would, I would totally agree. Go, go do it. <laughs> just do it. Just rip off the bandaid and go do it. Like you won't know until you try. And that's the thing. Like people ask like, oh, was it beneficial? It's like, well, it was for me, but like, I can't say it's going to be the same thing for you. So just go check it out. <laughs> yeah. And if they're going to offer you 10 free sessions, what does that hurt to just right. do it? Right. You know, well, thank you so much for coming on. You are so amazing, and guys, all through Zoom, so it works. We can do podcasts without being in person. So if you've ever been listening and you're like, "Well, I don't live in Camp Pendleton," we can do podcasts now. So come on, and Bianca's been awesome. She's been here from the beginning, and she always messages and is like, "Hey, just let me know when it works. I want to do it." No, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to do this and I'm so glad that the timing worked out and we were able to figure it out because yeah, I was like, well, I'm not there. So <laughs> I know, I know I wanted you on so badly. And so I'm so excited you guys were able to come and I just thank you again for giving your perspective and being vulnerable and talking about all these things with me. Cause I know that there are going to be listeners that will really benefit from this and be grateful that you were able to share these things. Of course, anytime. (laughs) 
All right, guys, I hope you love that podcast with Bianca. Wasn't she just the sweetest and the best? I hope that it sounded okay. It was our first virtual podcast, so it was the first time I've ever done a podcast where the person wasn't sitting at the table with me in person, but it opened so many new doors and opportunities, so I'm really grateful and excited that I have the opportunity to record podcasts with people that aren't here local in California. So I hope you guys really enjoyed that. And to close, since we talked so much about rainbow babies and infertility and miscarriages and things like that, and coming in August, Bianca and I are going to do another podcast all about that topic and the things that she's learned and the resources she's been able to find and just some education. And so we're going to do an episode in August about that. So I'm really excited for that. But to close, I figured I would share... So this is the quote. It says, trying to explain to others what you are going through when they have never experienced your pain is difficult. Educate family and friends who love you and support you through your journey. Tell them about the medications and the procedures. I found talking about it took some of the fear away. A support system is a sanity and a marriage saver. And I love that. I have not had to experience infertility at the moment just because Kid and I haven't tried to have kids, but I know a lot of people in my life that have experienced that and how hard that has been, and I think that after talking with Bianca and learning more about it, that being a support system for people that are experiencing that is so important, and I think I read something the other day that said that talking to your friends that are going through that to know where they stand you know it's not that they don't want to continue to be invited to things or you know but then also giving them the grace that maybe in that time in their life going to a baby shower would be more detrimental to them and so I remember reading that and just thinking like if we could just be compassionate and communicate and know that that person is aware that they have a support system that they don't have to go through those struggles alone I think that's the best thing that we can do and I especially think that for and that's what I told Bianca was I haven't yet to experience that so sometimes I don't know how to approach a situation or what to do and she always said that asking the person what they want and what would help them the best is the best way to help them because they'll know exactly how it is because it obviously differs by person to person But I just really appreciate you guys taking a listen to this episode. Bianca's obviously amazing and I love chatting with her and I'm excited for the episodes that we're going to do in the future. I hope you guys learned a lot and took something away from this episode and I will catch you guys next Friday.